If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Kathy with a C. And I'm Kathy with a K. Here's to season three of Killer Destinations. This is a special episode to share with you breaking news out of Chester County, Pennsylvania. At just before 8.15 Eastern Time this morning, September 13th, 2023, a 14-day manhunt in Pennsylvania for prison escapee Danello Cavalcante came to an end. According to Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens, a series of events that ultimately led to the capture of the 34-year-old Brazil native began shortly after midnight Wednesday. A burglar alarm went off at a home in South Coventry Township, which was within the search perimeter police had established after Cavalcante stole a rifle out of a garage in the area. Nothing was found at the house where the alarm went off, but it brought additional law enforcement officers to the area. There were other tactical teams in the area nearby, and a DEA plane overhead picked up a heat signal that it began to track. Tactical teams began to converge on the location where the heat source was moving, but then the aircraft had to leave the area and land due to overnight storms. Tactical teams then held the area during the storms to ensure Cavalcante couldn't escape. Then, just after 8 a.m., teams quietly converged on the area where the heat signature was detected. Once Cavalcante realized the officers were there, he began trying to crawl away through the underbrush with the rifle he'd stolen. A Customs and Border Patrol agent with a canine released the dog to contain the suspect. Cavalcante tried to resist, and the canine bit him on his head. Rut row. <laughs> Scooby got aggressive. The dog was trying to show him who's boss. <laughs> or who was the real top dog. <laughs> totally. Yeah, just FYI, never run from a canine. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And get hurt. And it's your fault. No law enforcement officer was injured. And Cavalcante was immediately transported to the local Avondale police station for further processing. Colonel Bivens told a news conference that if Cavalcante refused to be interviewed, he would be taken immediately to a state correctional institution and placed in maximum security confinement. Now, Kath, as a side note, when Cavalcante was captured, he was wearing a gray Philadelphia Eagles hoodie. At five foot tall and 120 pounds, it Same. was... <laughs> It was clearly too big for him. I'm guessing it was a woman's extra small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was funny, Kath, is I was watching a press conference and I want to say the governor came on. Yeah, Pennsylvania governor, Josh Shapiro. And obviously Cavalcante had stolen this Eagle sweatshirt. And actually, at the time he was arrested, they cut it off him. And I'm not sure why. I figured, Probably to check for dog bites. Or, you know, maybe the law enforcement officer was like, hey, man, I'm an Eagles fan. You don't deserve to wear that. <laughs> So the governor says something like, hey, folks, whoever had their Eagles hoodie stolen, just let us know and I'll do my best to get you one of the new Kelly Green ones, <laughs> which was like, oh, my God, leave it to a politician to like direct the attention to himself. All of the attention to somebody who had absolutely nothing to do with the search and capture. Exactly. But here's what cracks me up. Suddenly there's going to be like, oh, I don't know, 1300 Eagles fans being like, hey, I'm the one who had my hoodie stolen. <laughs> Prove I'm lying. Yeah. Please send me a new green one. <laughs> So how did this all begin? 
Chester County Correctional Center was the site of Cavalcante's prison break on August 31, 2023. Just two weeks prior, the 34-year-old Cavalcante was convicted by a Chester County jury of first-degree murder in the gruesome stabbing death of his ex-girlfriend, 33-year-old Brazilian national Deborah Brandau. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. According to an article in the Philadelphia Daily News by Vinnie Vela, Deborah was killed on Sunday, April 18, 2021, when Cavalcante unexpectedly showed up at her house in Schuylkill Township. She lived there with her two children, a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. Deborah had a protection from abuse order against Cavalcante that cited his abusive behavior, including a previous incident in which he threatened her with a knife. When Cavalcante arrived at the home, he and Deborah argued on the front lawn in front of her children. During this argument, he was heard telling her that he was going to do something bad with their lives and threatened to kill her. He then pulled out two knives from a bag he was carrying and threw Deborah to the ground. According to the arrest affidavit, her daughter and son saw the attack happening and started screaming. Cavalcante threw a rock at them to try to stop them from making so much noise. So Deborah's daughter ran to a next door neighbor's house and called for help. Deborah was taken to a nearby hospital where she passed away. Cavalcante had stabbed her 38 times in her chest and torso. When detectives interviewed the little girl, she was able to identify Cavalcante from a photo lineup and said, that's the guy that killed my mom. Please get him and put him in prison. However, before he could be arrested, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. It was assumed that he was heading to his home country of Brazil via Mexico. But before he could get there, he was captured in Virginia. So on August 31st, he double dipped when the prisoners in his prison block entered the exercise yard at around 8.30 a.m. An hour later, Cavalcante's block returned to their cells from the exercise yard, and it was about 10 minutes after that when officers notified Central Prison Control they were short one inmate. Officials initially believed he was in a phone visiting room, but when they checked, he wasn't there. The prison was locked down and a special count was conducted, verifying that Cavalcante was not in the prison. 30 minutes after the prison block returned to their cells at 10 a.m., the public escape siren was sounded and the 911 center was notified to send out reverse 911 calls to residents in the area with this information. Can you imagine living in that area and getting that information? No, I think it'd be really scary. Like, you know, this is a possibility, but it doesn't happen. So, you know. I've talked about in another episode when I used to work across from a prison mm -hmm. and the first Friday of every month they did the sirens so everybody would know what they sounded like in case somebody did break out, what have you. And even that kept you on your toes. Yeah. I had to have a deposition in a prison one time. And this was, I mean, I was probably like 27 years old and I went into this prison to interview this guy and take a statement. And all I could think was, oh my God, I've seen movies where the noise goes off. This better not happen while I'm here. You know, like... <laughs> Just after the escape notification, a county employee reported seeing an individual matching Cavalcante's description on a road south of the prison as the employee drove to work. Numerous law enforcement agencies descended on the area, but did not find him. The day after Cavalcante's escape, Chester County District Attorney Deb Ryan and Pennsylvania State Police Captain Wagner held a news conference about the escape. D.A. Ryan told the gathering that Cavalcante was in the U.S. illegally after fleeing Brazil in 2017 after murdering a 20-year-old college student over an unpaid car repair bill. He hid out in the Brazilian jungle for almost a year before he was able to get on a plane to Puerto Rico where he got a fake ID and entered the U.S. 
Kath, he chose Chester County, Pennsylvania, because his sister and several friends lived in the area. He killed his ex-girlfriend, Deborah, because he was angry that she planned to disclose the Brazil murder charge to U.S. authorities. D.A. Ryan concluded by saying, this man has nothing to lose. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole, and the public should consider him very dangerous. Pennsylvania Police Captain Wagner stated that the public didn't need to be scared. They needed to be vigilant and cautious. He directed residents to check their cars and outbuildings for any signs of tampering and to check home surveillance cameras for any images of Cavalcante. And Kath, what I thought was funny is in this time, I was also watching other news channels looking for them interviewing residents of the area. Almost every single one of them they talked to said, I'm fine, I'm carrying. I was really surprised. I know. And you brought that up with me. You're like, I didn't realize there were so many gun owners in Pennsylvania. (laughs) It might just be Western Pennsylvania. Who knows? But you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Hey, that's how you protect your family. Exactly. U.S. Marshal Rob Clark also spoke. And what do I always say about marshals? Much like the canines, just give yourself up. Just give yourself up. (laughs) You're done. (laughs) He was the supervisor of the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, and they were called into the scene. This guy, Kath, had a neck that looked like a tree trunk. Like, I wouldn't want to tangle with him anytime. But he had the best sound bites. And he said that the marshals have a long arm to touch anyone in the United States and its territories and plan to do so. They will stop at nothing until they bring him back into custody. And it was at the same news conference that a $10,000 reward was offered for information on Cavalcante's whereabouts. D.A. Ryan also said that Deborah's family was safe. They were the first people she notified when she found out about Cavalcante's escape and were placed under guard. According to an ABC6 Action News article by Maggie Kent, a Pocopson Township resident claimed he saw Cavalcante inside his home late Friday night, September 1st, the day after the prison break at around 11.45 p.m. He and his wife were in their upstairs bedroom when he woke her up to tell her he thought someone was downstairs. He went to his upstairs landing and decided to flip the light switch three or four times to let the person downstairs know that someone was upstairs and awake. He hoped they'd run, but when he paused after flipping the light switch several times, the person downstairs flipped a light switch several times in response. This is terrifying. Could you imagine no. being that person? No. I, just When I read this, you it literally gave me goosebumps. <laughs> totally. I can't even imagine. This is like the call when you're babysitting oh. and it's the totally. police going, he's in the house. Right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So the man said this was the moment of, oh, my God, this guy is down there. He ran and grabbed his children and put them in bed with his wife, Kath. And then he called 911 immediately. And he said he watched as Cavalcante walked out of his home. He walked out of the kitchen, through the living room, opened the front door, and just walked out. That is so scary. But how happy are you to see him actually leaving, though, and not hanging out down there? Right. Police arrived, but Cavalcante escaped into the back woods, which were very thick, and they quickly realized he was there to take food. Apparently, the man told the police that he took peaches, apples, and green snap peas. So, obviously, the chocodiles and Doritos weren't in the house. (laughs) Why would you take that? (laughs) They had kids. There had to have been cookies or something. I know, come on, for real. God. On day five, District Attorney Deb Ryan and Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens held another press conference to give an update on the search. By this time, approximately 350 to 400 personnel from local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies were on the scene and taking part. Since the day of Cavalcante's escape, 
authorities had received several credible sightings of him. Four sightings were confirmed in an area called Longwood Gardens, a botanical garden that consists of over a thousand acres of gardens, meadows, and woodlands. At this point, a perimeter was established around Longwood Gardens with a three-mile radius. And this was later expanded to an eight-mile radius. However, the problem with this area was that there were several obstacles that law enforcement had to face. As we said, it was a heavily wooded area. It had a lot of dense shrubs and trees that provided good hiding spots, as well as ravines. The undergrowth is so thick that when officers started walking through it, Kath, you know how they do where they're however many feet across from each other as they kind of walk through an area, you lost sight of the people on either side of you as soon as you walked in. Longwood Gardens also has a lot of underground tunnels. Now, the heat and humidity were also a factor. It was 94 degrees with humidity, but it felt like it was 103. And of course, officers are wearing Kevlar uniforms and weapons, so they needed to rotate regularly and make sure that they were kept healthy. Also, the use of thermal imaging wasn't as effective as it could be because it was picking up additional hotspots in the region. Authorities asked the public for help, asking them to familiarize themselves with pictures of Cavalcante. Within the perimeter that had been established, they asked people to check on their neighbors. And if the neighbors weren't home, they said contact the Pennsylvania State Police so they could go out to the neighbor's house and check the property in their absence. Bonjour, parlez-vous français? Me neither, (laughs) despite the fact that I paid for it in college, which is why I need Rosetta Stone, and so do you. As you all know, I've used Rosetta Stone in the past for my German, and it's wonderful. And in fact, my niece is going to be studying abroad this fall, and she's going to be using Rosetta Stone so that she can learn the language and have a much more enriching experience while she's abroad. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. And they have speech recognition, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. They also have two different options available to use it. It's available both on your desktop and through an app. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Killer Destinations listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. They also announced that the public might begin to hear a message being broadcast from helicopters or police cars in the vicinity of the perimeter. The Pennsylvania State Police worked with Cavalcante's mother to make a recording asking him to surrender peacefully. It was done in Portuguese, his native language, and was being broadcast to help facilitate a peaceful surrender. Colonel Bivens did say that while the goal was to find this man and capture him, if Cavalcante did not surrender peacefully, deadly force had been authorized. On day seven, prison officials confirmed details of the escape. Going back through the cameras of the prison yard and surrounding areas, prison officials saw exactly what occurred. While Cavalcante was in the exercise yard, he went to an area of the yard that leads to a door to go inside a building. There's a short walkway surrounded by brick walls leading to the door, and in the video, you can see Cavalcante walk up to the door and casually act like he was supposed to be there. He was dressed in what appeared to be a white collared short sleeve shirt and blue prison scrubs with brand new shiny white sneakers. (laughs) I actually wrote that description that Kathy's laughing at, but, at. <laughs> but they were. These things didn't have a mark on them. And they were like, their soles made him like 5'2". Like they were, <laughs> they were super thick soles. They were the Tom Cruise version. <laughs> 
What the video shows is a shirtless inmate at the entrance to this walkway who totally appears to be a lookout. And is really bad at acting like he's not doing anything. Exactly. After a couple of seconds, the five foot tall, 120 pound Cavalcante faces the wall to the right and braces both hands against it. He then braced his feet against the opposite wall and crab walked upwards. It was actually a very short distance in the video before he went out of view because there was a large overhang. But this is the path he took to get to the roof and ultimately his freedom. And Kath, this was the identical way another inmate had escaped the prison like four months earlier. His name was Igor Bolt, but when he got to the top, he was seen by a tower officer and quickly captured. And this area of the yard only has one tower and one officer, and that officer is tasked simply with watching the yard and the inmates in it. After this other guy, Igor Bolt, got to the roof, the prison brought in consultants and they're like, okay, what do we do? And they're like, okay, add more razor wire. My understanding from what I read is that Cavalcante crab walks up to the top and there's apparently an I-beam and you climb up on the I-beam and then you can get onto the roof. They added razor wire, so he scooched it aside, then he ran across the roof, and now he has to get over the fence. It's a chain link fence right. that also has razor wire on top of it. But they actually said he just pushed aside this razor wire that was on top of the roof. And that was never revealed if he was injured by the razor wire. Yeah. So my assumption is he was not. My assumption is that the razor wire was not as tightly wound. Anyway, here's what we don't know. We do not know how far it was from the roof to the chain link fence. I'm really not sure how he got over the chain link fence, except to say he pushed the razor wire side there, too. That's yeah. all we know. The acting warden of the prison, Howard Holland, told reporters that a tower guard was posted in an observatory position above the exercise yard. The only job of this guard was to watch the exercise yard, but he did not observe or report Cavalcante's escape. This man was an 18-year veteran of the prison and was initially placed on administrative leave while officials could do an investigation into what happened. Ultimately, the next day, he was fired when it was found that he had an unauthorized cell phone in the guard tower. Here's the other thing, Kathy. Acting Warden Howard Holland, he was appointed the day before Cavalcante escaped after the former warden retired. Welcome. No <laughs> freaking kidding. He's probably like, I'm out. Yeah, like, I'm this retiring is, this too. Is, this is every warden's nightmare and it happened on day one. <laughs> There's a quote in here from Holland that I just love. He did say that officials now realize that the razor wire wasn't enough and were working on plans to better secure the prison through physical barriers and increased staff. He said instead of a fence with an open top, engineers were working on a plan to enclose the fencing to make it more like a cage that could not be scaled. Here's his quote. While we believed the security measures we had in place were sufficient... They have proven otherwise. I think he needs a new PR person. <laughs> <laughs> also on day seven, police announced that they received footage from a private trail camera in Longwood Gardens that showed Cavalcante walking through the woods. He hadn't changed his hair or facial hair, which was like a scrubby mustache and beard. He didn't have a shirt on and was wearing just those prison scrubs that he had left with. But he was also wearing the same shiny white sneakers and carrying a duffel bag. He was then seen on the camera about an hour later going back the way he came from, and it was clear he'd stolen some supplies because he was now wearing a sweatshirt and had a backpack along with the duffel bag. Now we're at day 11. Authorities announced that based on additional video footage, Cavalcante had traveled through the perimeter and was seen 20 miles away. It turned out that Cavalcante had stolen a white panel van. 
It was later found with an almost empty gas tank after it was abandoned in a rural area in northern Chester County. Pennsylvania State Police Incident Commander Colonel Bivens spoke at a press conference and said that sometime just after midnight, they were sent a video of Cavalcante at an acquaintance house in Phoenixville, which was also in northern Chester County. This was not a friend of Cavalcante's, but rather a prior work associate from several years ago who had not been in contact with him at all during that time. This work associate wasn't home when his doorbell rang, and so he used his ring camera to talk to Cavalcante. He notified police immediately, but what was said between the two of them was not released. And then, of course, Kath, we believe it was in Portuguese because Cavalcante spoke very limited English. But this was the first image of him without any facial hair. So he looked much younger than a 34-year-old. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about, too, and especially without facial hair, if you're looking for an escaped prisoner, you aren't looking for somebody who is that slight. Right. You're not looking for an eighth grader. Right. If he's on the street and has a hoodie on and sweats and a backpack, you're going to think he's going to school. Yeah, he's your average teenager. Exactly. In the video, he was wearing a light green hoodie and a white T-shirt, grinning the entire time. Like you could tell he was like the cat that got the canary. When the work associate returned home after midnight, he sent this video to police who then released these still pictures. Cavalcante also tried to contact another former co-worker that same night in Phoenixville without success. Colonel Bivens said they believed Cavalcante's rough upbringing in rural Brazil and hiding out in Brazil's unforgiving jungle for a time after he allegedly murdered a college student there was the reason for his success in hiding and surviving in the woods for so long. Of course it was. Yeah. I mean, who could do that? On day 12, at a press conference, authorities announced that they were redirecting resources. This was no longer a fugitive search, but a manhunt, and their tactics had to change. They also no longer had a defined search area, instead would react to pieces of information as they received them. Pennsylvania State Police still believe Cavalcante was in Pennsylvania because they didn't believe he had the resources to leave the state. The reward for information leading to his capture at this point was increased to 25000 Reporters asked whether it was true that Cavalcante's sister was being deported. Colonel Bivens said that his sister was taken into custody because she was an overstay, meaning she was no longer lawfully in this country, and because she refused to cooperate with authorities and could possibly provide assistance to her brother in the future, there was no value in keeping her in Pennsylvania, and the Pennsylvania State Police had no reason to intercede with federal authorities on her behalf. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark said the marshals were now preparing for the long game. Cavalcante had changed locations from dense woods to an urban setting, and that's where the marshals are at their best. On day 13 at a news conference, Colonel Bivens announced that Cavalcante is now considered armed and extremely dangerous after he stole a rifle from the garage of a local homeowner. At about 10.10 the night before, police received a call from a resident in Chester County's South Coventry Township, about 20 miles north of the prison, who said that a shirtless man entered his garage and grabbed a 22 caliber rifle equipped with a flashlight and scope that was in the corner of his garage. The homeowner fired his pistol at Cavalcante as he fled, but Colonel Bivens said there was no reason to believe Cavalcante was hit. A green sweatshirt and white t-shirt were found near the homeowner's driveway. The shooting and gun theft represented a stark escalation and showed Cavalcante was getting desperate. This same day, Kath, the New York Times interviewed Cavalcante's mother, Irisima Cavalcante. She told the Times reporter that she believed her son is better off dead than spending the rest of his life behind bars for the murder of his former girlfriend, Deborah Brandau. Mama loves you. 
we've run across it in several of our cases where some mothers will go to the ends of the earth to defend their sons from doing something incredibly depraved, like murder. In this article, Ms. Cavalcante acknowledged that her son brutally killed his ex-girlfriend in front of her young children, but claimed he only did it because he felt cornered. She was quoted in the paper as saying, Did it happen? It happened. But it happened because of the stranglehold she put on him, the stance she took with him. It wasn't femicide. He had to. He had no other choice. This is what she was quoted as saying. And do you know, Kathy, whether this was in English or Portuguese? I don't know. I'm assuming it was Portuguese. Yeah. But I don't know that for sure. And so when we saw this, we questioned, would she have said the word femicide? However, in South and Central America, that's a big crime now. Right. And so... And um, classified specifically as such. As femicide. Exactly. So she probably did say it. Now, as we mentioned, she'd previously recorded a message asking her son to peacefully surrender, which authorities then played from helicopters and police cars around the area where authorities believed he was hiding. However, she now said that if she had another chance to communicate with her son, she would tell him to ask God to forgive him for what he did. When the search ended today, September 13th, 2023, approximately 500 members of local, state, and federal law enforcement were involved in the capture. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture.